You're about to listen to another episode of What the Hell Just Happened. Join Paul Edwards and his guests as they discuss and sometimes even solve some interesting HR problems. And I'm going to go off the rails sometimes and talk about whatever I want. Okay, so um, today's podcast, I, I want to just start this by saying to the listeners, um, it, it, if you look at the title and, you, and, and you've already decided what this is going to be about, you're wrong. I, I, you're just wrong. I mean, mm-hmm. it, this is such a controversial subject right now. My goal in having this conversation with you is to just be another touch point that, um, that exposes you to this conversation and kind of helps everybody understand how this is kind of unfolding inside of the workplace. Because the story that we're going to talk about today is something that is unfolding inside of the workplace. Mm-hmm. We have a court case. Nora, can you explain what's everybody going for in summary judgment? Because we're going to, everybody who's listening, we're going to talk about this court case and the judge would not grant summary judgment. Nora, how does that, I mean. Wait, wait, wait. What's summary judgment? That's what I'm asking. <laughs> that's what, I'm asking. what does that mean? Yeah, yeah. Nora, um, what does it mean? Basically, that's a request to say, look, this this shouldn't even go to trial. This shouldn't proceed at all because there's no foundation. Okay. Um, and so it's kind of like the the judge should just dismiss it before it proceeds at all because there's no basis. The other okay. side got it wrong. Yeah. They're yeah. fishing. They're, they didn't. They misstated something. We can clearly show they misstated it or what, whatever. Right. But most people, a lot of every everyone tries for summary judgment generally they're they they don't want to go forward it's not granted very often but there's usually some kind of a tell inside of the summary judgment statement from the judge saying here's the reason why i'm not going to give you summary judgment right Mm -hmm. Um, and that tell is something that as you go forward you're going to have to focus on and it can be quite helpful i think Mm -hmm. nora yeah Yeah. right definitely Okay, so what we're talking about here is religious accommodation versus gender identity discrimination. Mm -hmm. So we have two things here that are protected under what statutes, Nora? Title VII. Title VII. Yeah, and they could be protected under your state um, discrimination laws that might apply, you know, to uh, smaller employers, um, whereas Title VII applies to 15 or more employees. Um, and essentially, it's uh, a law that protects employees from discrimination for various uh, reasons. Um, and one of those reasons is um, gender identity. And the other one is religion. Yeah. <laughs> and there are many more, but those yeah. are the two that are that are at dispute here. Okay. And so the um, EEOC is the department of the federal department who generally enforces and may sue over this or mm-hmm. b- bring some kind of action around it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they too interpret laws mm-hmm. and, and you know, they include things they become, they may make it more inclusive as the world evolves and it moves forward. They'll say, well, this thing now is something that we consider to be under the definition of title seven that should be protected. Right. Okay. So, and I'm assuming you're bringing that up because sex discrimination is protected under Title VII. Yep. Gender was, you know... Not specifically ha- named, was it? No, no, but it's been included under mm-hmm. sex discrimination and right. from their gender identity as, you Got know, it. yeah. So gender was there. Yeah, gender was always there. Gender identity 
wasn't always there, so they pulled gen- they pulled gender identity in. Well, even gender wasn't there. That's a uh-huh. recent kind of. I think okay. the EOC came out with guidance saying that they thought that gender was protected under the sex category, and uh-huh. then there's been some court decisions that have affirmed that. Okay, um, gender identity is uh, happened even more recently than that. Okay, so yeah. Okay, all right. So we have a court case where um, I believe I'll, I'll just state what I think happened. The employer decided that they wanted to accommodate our request that people be identified a specific way around their pronouns, right? There was a a particular employee Mm -hmm. who um, requested to, yeah, be, um, to use their preferred pronouns. And there was another employee who refused to do that or said that they refused to do that based off of their um, religion. Based off their religion. So we have two um, competing things underneath Title VII. Mm -hmm. Who do you protect? How do do you deal with this? I mean, that's the question uh, being answered. Wait, wait. Mm -hmm. I know we can't decide who you protect. You can't even answer. I've asked Nora a question that she can't possibly answer. You protect both. You protect both. Yeah. That okay. Nora can answer that. <laughs> Nora can answer anything. Okay, so you protect both, but Nora, how do I protect both if they are in direct conflict? What What should I do if both are in direct conflict with one another? Both ideals. What you do is follow the law, mm-hmm. um, and you f- and so for the employee who wants their coworkers to call them by their preferred pronouns, they have that right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, there is no protection under Title VII that where you, your religious, you know, right could infringe upon the rights of other employees. Right. So that is not protected at all. Okay. Um, so you do have to protect the employee um, who uh, wants to be called by their preferred pronouns by other employees. So that's 100% clear. And you can't discriminate whatever that looks like against a person based off of their religious beliefs. That is true. But of course, there's always, um, there are limits to every right. Right. Okay. So the the limit to your religious protection is that it can't cause an undue burden on the company, on the practice. Mm -hmm. Um, And actually, the threshold for that for religious claims is a little bit lower Mm -hmm. than, um, you know, just like disability claims and other such claims where it has to be a significant impact to be an undue burden. For religious claims, it just has to be a de minimis impact and that's minimal to, for everybody who's yeah, listening out there wake to up be an undue, and, and that could <laughs> be we're changing <laughs> we're deep in the hr we're deep in the hr we conversation are. right now so i'm just going to just say wake up okay. right, right. <laughs> we just woke up someone um, who's almost fell asleep in bed yeah no? it, okay. it, this is a little bit technical oh it's important though. but i i want to say too that that standard could be changing there's a, a case and at the supreme court right uh-huh. now that could be changing the standard for for de minimis yeah it could be yeah. increasing that to significant okay so anyways, that's that's all technical. But the point is, is that there's a process for this. And, What's it called? And it's called the interactive process. Oh, we're having a little celebration. If you're watching us on video is right now. Is it like now, on Pee Wee's Playhouse? Like, you said the word of the day. Yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I think we just had an idea. Uh, please. Yeah. Okay, take a note, Amanda. HR word of the day. Yeah, HR word of the day. Oh, my goodness, too, now. I wonder if we can get him to come and... Um, Pee Wee? Yes. <laughs> That'd be huge. That would be, that would be <laughs> huge. Um, you don't know unless you ask. Okay, so word of the day, it, word of the day, words of the day is interactive process. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what happened? What happened in this particular case, Nora? 
right? So the reason that the judge is saying no summary judgment, there are actually grounds for a lawsuit here. Is wait, be- wait, mm-hmm. wait, sorry, sorry. Just for everybody's benefit, the uh, person would not use the pronoun and and the employer fired the person for right. not using it. Immediately. They just they pretty much nailed him yeah, and, and, and got him out. And of the employee specifically asked for a religious accommodation. Ah. The employee said, I won't do this because of my religion. Okay. And asked for a religious accommodation and the employer just fired them. And just fired them. Right. So they, rather than going through the interactive process. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the interactive process is very, very important. Why? Um, it's required, so and that's why. You're such a lawyer. <laughs> you because, just got to do it. Because I said so. But it is the way to protect that employee. It is. Right. That And and so it's engaging. Essentially what it is is the conversation with the employee. And a record of the conversation. Right. So that's, to me, that's why it's so important. Because it is a record of the reasons why they are requesting this. It mm-hmm. puts it down. It doesn't leave a lot to be discovered later. If you can get the what's going on doc what's going on now documented now Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and really in their own words why when you say you want a religious accommodation what is is what is it exactly that you're asking for Mm -hmm. right yeah what is it exactly that you're asking for and also like how can we are there any ways where we can solve this problem protect both employees where it doesn't cause more than a de minimis, you know, um, hardship on mm-hmm. the practice, on the mm-hmm. company. Right. Um, and so the the court said, look, you know, because you didn't engage in the interactive process, we don't know how often this even will come up. Because a lot of times employees call each other by their first names right. um, and not their pronouns. Right. Um, and we don't know from this employee how if, if, they're, pl- if they're saying, look, I'm just going to as much as I can, call them by their not preferred pronouns and, you know, try yeah, right. to go out of my way right. to use their And the court pronouns. said, yeah, <laughs> we don't know how often this employee intended to use this em- this other employee's pronouns or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is because they did the employer did not engage in the interactive process. So there's no documentation of what the intent of the employee was and the impact of that. Yeah, it, it would be handy to and, and it didn't happen. It would be handy to have the employee who got fired say it goes against my religion and it's also stupid. You know, I don't I don't agree with it. I just think it's dumb. Mm, right. Know, that, that that's what I that's it. what I mean. The interactive yeah. process can actually bring what's actually happening yep. out and mm-hmm. have it in, the, in in their own words. Right. Uh, likewise, it could have brought that person um, coming out saying, "Look, it it's it is. I feel like it it violates my standards." based around my religion and i i don't i don't have a problem with them requesting it i have a problem with them requesting it of me and i don't really refer to them in the third person or in any other way mm-hmm. and i'm and we're always talking to each other and i always use their name i know i made a mistake or i made a mistake in their eyes but I, i'm i I'm willing to apologize but i'm just telling you i may make this mistake over and over again because i'm not adjusting Mm-hmm. That's a different conversation than it's against my religion, and that's a stupid request from this person, and I'm just not going to do it. Right, mm-hmm. and um, we don't really know the ins and no outs idea. because there was no intera- no documented interactive yeah. process. Yeah, yeah. So I think if the employer had gone, had actually engaged in the interactive process and had determined that 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 there was no way to reasonably accommodate this employee that wouldn't infringe upon the identity right. rights of the other employee and then fired them, yeah, 
there would be the summary judgment would have been granted. It, it, it may have mm-hmm. well. They've had right. a much better chance at summary judgment. Right. Okay. So I think, okay. So for everybody who's l- listening to the podcast, who's involved in HR, um, we now have this, this, we, you know, get, just think about it. If it's your job to deal with this issue in your workplace, you need to be entering into the interactive process. And I, and I think you also, um, would, it would do you well to become more and more educated on this subject and even talk to make sure that you talk to a subject matter expert. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be an attorney. Um, you know, they're great at sub- being subject matter experts. They're not great often at solving problems, you know, real life <laughs> problems where really I don't want to fire either of these people. Love them both. Um, or, or you're talking to a subject matter expert in HR who understands the rules and kind of the court cases and everything that's going on around this right now. Right. Um, it's an ever evolving thing. And what we always, you know, when I'm thinking, you know, I'm on the podcast now and what the hell just happened in HR, what the hell just happened in HR is we actually have a court case where summary judgment wasn't granted. And now it's going to be heard um, around pronouns and religion um, mm-hmm. clashing in the workplace. Uh, when I think about um, when I think about Cedar as its own separate entity, that's kind of like where that that's that's the job of that of Cedar mm-hmm. is to be that subject matter expert yep. and for, you know, for you to come in and talk to um, them, us, and, and kind of... Uh, well, you don't know what work, you don't know. Isn't that what we and say? Kinda, yeah, you know? and kind of work through it. And this is one of those things where we actually have to say, well, there's a court case out there right now. We're not sure which way this is going. Yeah. Right. And you have the Supreme Court case. We're not sure where that's going. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that even after this court case, we may not have a clear uh, really answer to this. Right. And so it's a situation that has inherent risk, mm-hmm. no matter mm-hmm. how you play it out um and so you know our job is to kind of help you do it in the least risky way possible to protect you as much as possible but you know unfortunately it's just risky period because you have two people's rights closely held beliefs right it's very important to both of these people Mm -hmm. and it's just this is when it just hr terms sucks to be caught in the middle. It does. And want to do the right thing for both for, for both for both sides. Mm-hmm. So you enter into the interactive process. I'm telling you, entering into the interactive process in so many different ways can unveil um, yes. solutions that you don't know are available to right. you. Yeah. yeah, because you can ask you can directly ask the employee, look, I, I've got your rights here and I've got this other employee's legal rights. Yeah. What is your solution? Yeah. Because if they can't come up with one, yeah. then Mm-hmm. then there is no solution, right? right? Yeah. Um, so so basically what we're saying is that you can, you you got to back up. And I'm saying that because we have a big crane outside right now, and I think the <laughs> listeners are hearing that beeping sound. I and so know. I wanted to work that into the, into the podcast. <laughs> yeah. So what we're saying it's through the whole purpose. podcast is it's on purpose, yeah. and you need to sometimes back up. Yeah. And, and, and enter into the interactive process. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it just occurred to me because if this employee, the, the, the employee with the religious, you know, accommodation request truly is planning on using the other employee's non-preferred pronouns mm-hmm. in the workplace, mm-hmm. you have to stop that situation. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there may be a scenario where you suspend this employee while you engage in the interactive process or, 
because you can't have them in the workplace if that is actually what they're going to do. Right. Mm-hmm. right. So having an immediate conversation with them, you know, I think is essential and, and saying, okay, what does this mean to you? How do you see this playing out? And if they directly tell you, if they tell you, look, I, I don't plan on actually using their pronouns. I'll just call them by their name. I'm unbent over. Right. Right. Then, right. then, okay, you can still engage in the interactive process. You probably don't need to suspend them. But if mm-hmm. they're saying like, look, I don't care. I'm just going to call them whatever I want to call them and mm-hmm. whenever I want to. And on the other side of it, if the other employee is saying, my concern is, is when I'm not around and they're not talking to me, they may refer to me in the, with the improper mm-hmm. pronoun when they're in the break room or someplace mm-hmm. else. Again, you're, you're, you're beginning to say, well, I'm not sure if that's really the impact that's having a direct impact on you. On, yeah, your yeah. rights. Yeah. yeah, it's that's a really interesting question in and of itself. Yeah, yeah. It, which like is a whole different situation. We can't, mm-hmm. yeah. we can't really mm-hmm. answer. Right no, now, I don't so. think yeah. there is an answer no, to yeah. it. But no. you do have to immediately address the situation situation and protect the employee you know because if you allow that employee to to that other employee's face use their incorrect pronouns you've got a much riskier situation yeah so it's damned if you do and damned if you don't here so interactive process get some help yes um okay so um what the hell just happened in hr is you've got a untenable situation you're caught in the middle both people are protected not a whole lot it's not easy back Mm -hmm. up do the interactive process, get some help. Yep. yep. HR exactly. is not easy. No, it's, it's, it's just when you think you got it. Yeah. Yeah, something. Yep. So, uh, Nora, thanks. Amanda, you were pretty quiet on this one. Yeah, I was just more listening because, like, yeah. I just learned a lot from this. <laughs> I was just kind of, like, sitting and absorbing this uh-huh. conversation. Well, that's good because it yeah. means we were speaking in a way that everybody oh, will be able to understand. You. <laughs> I was like, what the heck did you say? I would have said something. Yeah, it was, you guys are good. Luke, <laughs> Luke, thanks for producing again, man. Yeah. We really appreciate you. And for all the listeners, um, if you're enjoying the podcast, please share it with other people. Yeah, share, subscribe, and all um, that jazz. We've got uh, just a ton of great um, mm-hmm. uh, podcasts planned over the next year. We do. And we yeah. promise, I promise, I'm trying to get better. <laughs> we all are. <laughs> okay. Uh, thanks, everybody. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of What the Hell Just Happened? Do Paul a favor and share this with your network. If you have an HR issue or a question you'd like us to discuss on the show, send it to podcast at wthjusthappened.com. For more HR advice and insights from Paul and his team of experts, you can also join the private Facebook group, HR Basecamp, or visit hrbasecamp.com. Make sure you tune in next week, and remember, better workplaces make better lives.